a compliment that people try to give that maybe isn't always perceived as a compliment to someone who is plus size or maybe not in the zero to six range is, oh, you're so confident. Like, how are you so confident? And it's like, why am I not supposed to be confident? You're not, you wouldn't be saying that to, you know, a skinny girl. Why, why are you saying that to me? Should I not be confident? Is it weird that I'm confident? Is it weird that I like my body? And you know what? Unfortunately to a lot of people, the answer is yes. Hey everyone. Happy Monday. Happy spring. Welcome back to I've Been Better. We are in season two, and today I have a wonderful guest for y'all, so I'm really excited. Get ready for a lot of loud laughs and maybe even some tears in today's episode. Today, we have my best friend, Jessica Parker. She's sitting right in front of me, slyly trying not to laugh into the mic. But Jessica and I have been friends for what feels like a lifetime at this point. We've all read those memes online that say, if you've been friends for seven or plus years, they're a friend for life. Well, I don't know how many years it's been at this point, but it's definitely been 10. And we weren't even really very close the first couple years we were friends until we moved in together, barely knowing each other. But ever since then, we have been inseparable as friends and we've been through lots of different things in our lives together, which has brought us closer. We both worked together at the gym at NC State. So y'all may remember a previous guest on episode one, John, who we also met by working at the gym at NC State. So that is also where Jessica and I met each other. And I still can remember the day and you'll probably remember a little more clearly and we can talk about it in a minute, but I can remember walking through the halls in my clickety clack boots as a manager, needing a roommate to fill this house that we'd gotten and I walk up and I'm like do you have somewhere to live and Jess just looked up and was like no but we'll talk more about that because it is a very funny story to think about how chance happened that we came to be roommates and then now best friends and have stayed close ever since that time so Jess is our thrifting queen she is my go-to for all things fashion and crystal healing She's been increasingly interested in the metaphysical realm over the last four years and has been a constant inspiration to so many women within our friend group and beyond our friend group. Although she majored in fashion at NC State and graduated in 2016, she's been working in the male-dominated field of IT for the last five years. So welcome, Jessica. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. We're officially recording uh, ourselves talking (laughs) for, for the first time ever where we've had so many conversations over the last 10 plus years and now you get to record one. I know it's so weird. It's cool though. Well I'm glad that you decided to want to be here but when I was sharing that story just a second ago you were trying so hard not to laugh into the mic but what do you remember about our interactions when I you and I worked at the gym? Well that's what I was trying not to laugh at because whenever you first started talking about it that is the first memory that popped into (laughs) my mind. Like I knew who you were but you were a little scary. Like you were a manager. Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. And I had just started working there and people were like, oh my God, yo, watch out for Susan. And I was like, why? What's wrong with Susan? So to paint a picture for y'all, I am five one, five one and a half on a good day. Had blonde hair most of my life. Very small individual, but I apparently packed quite a punch of making myself known. I was raised to have a power stance and a power walk because I was so small. And apparently that worked. 
Yeah. And I'm like the opposite of that. I'm bigger. I'm five, eight. Like I'm not really scared of anybody, but I just remember seeing you and be like, oh yeah, you <laughs> Don't struck fuck a, with her. Yeah, you struck a chord of fear in me. I was like, okay, watch out for her. And you would walk <laughs> around with Remus, your bearded dragon yes, on your oh freaking shoulder. And I was like, no, this bitch is crazy. Like what is going on? But then you were like, that is the first, I feel like what started our friendship yeah before that I had known you and you were my manager so you know we had a very that type of relationship but whenever I saw you you were clicking into the rec center those boots these Steve Madden leather boots I saved up so much money for in college and then I apparently am not good about keeping shoes in high quality because I wear the mess out of them and they were so loud on that concrete floor yeah, and they were knee high too. And I was just sitting at the desk and you come in, it's like click, clack, click, clack, click, clack, straight up to the desk. And I just look up and I'm like, yeah. And you're like, so do you have anywhere to live? And I was like, um, uh, what do I say? Uh, Is this a trick question? No. Is that the right answer? And you're like, cool. Um, me and a couple other girls are looking for a place to live and we want you to be our roommate. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> Sign just, me up. Yeah. And it's just like, from there, I feel like we've been yeah. pretty inseparable. Like, even when we were living together, I feel like we're very different. Oh, absolutely. Our very, styles very of different. living, the type of things we did for fun. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you were obviously the mom of the house, uh, yeah. like always. But <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. And I was so laid back. I just remember I would leave my shit everywhere. And then you'd be like, if you don't get your dishes out of the sink, I'm putting, <laughs> putting them, them in, in your room. bed. <laughs> yeah. And I was like... Okay, cool. But there was, I don't know. I can't even remember a specific time when it just clicked and we were like, okay, cool. Like this is yeah, kind of my person in a way. It's just after living together for what, four years? Yeah. Yeah. We lived together in a house with two other girls that rotated out and but mm -hmm. we were the constants mm -hmm. in that house. And then when you graduated from undergrad and I graduated from grad school, we separated for a year you know, we sort of that was our first time living away mm -hmm. from each other in such a long time. And then we were like, we don't like this. You yeah. don't like that we're not living near each other. And there's another guest that we'll have on at a later episode as well, who will attest to the same situation, because that brought us so close together, living together for years and going through all that we went through. And then when you leave the nest and you fly away and you go, okay, I'm gonna live by myself, or I'm gonna go live here or there and do this other journey, you realize how much of an influence these people have had on your life. So there's a threesome of us that have always been very, very close. Yeah. And I don't think I completely realized at the time how important you guys were going to become to me because, you know, you're living together. It's in out all the time. You when you're in college, really... right? Yeah. And we lived together probably through some of the most like influential times in our life. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I moved out and wasn't with you guys that I really realized, okay, these are the people that I want in my corner for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a very, very rare thing. And I think we're very lucky to have that. Yeah. And I'm not gonna lie, I was very jealous that you and Tori got to live together. And oh, I one more year. Yeah, because <laughs> I moved out to Carrie, which why I don't know, not hating on anyone who lives in Carrie, but I am. Heck a, did I move here? Yeah, I'm a very much downtown Raleigh type of person. Right. And then I moved out to Carrie by myself. All my friends were downtown Raleigh. I was so jealous. So I moved back as soon as I could. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I left and went to live 
not far from where we live, but I went on my own and I can absolutely attest to that. You're like, why, why did I think I needed to do this, right? Mm-hmm. Like that we subscribe to these beliefs that, okay, you're X number of years old, 22, 23, 24, and you need to leave and go on your own and you're supposed to have it figured out. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you have to move away from your friends, right? And these people that make a big influence on your life. So yeah, tell me a little bit about or tell the audience a little bit more about what's you now. Me now, I am in a much different place than I thought I ever would have been. When I graduated, I knew for sure I was going to move to New York or California and become this big time designer because that, I mean, honestly, is still where my passion lies. Mm -hmm. You couldn't have told me anything different. Not at all. But then life just doesn't work out like that. When Mm -hmm. I graduated, you know, I was working at the gym. I was also working at Hunt Library, and they give you, what, a three, four-week grace period after you graduate, and then after that, you're gone. And yeah, because so, it's a student working mm-hmm. environment, and if you're no longer a student, for those of you who may have attended college, no people in college are familiar with that atmosphere, those student jobs are for students. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I remember I was coming up on my last week, and knowing that I was not going to have a job anymore. And knowing also that I'd been applying for dream jobs for the last six, seven months Mm -hmm. and just being so disheartened because, you know, you wouldn't hear back from tons of people or you'd hear back. I remember Adidas wanted to see my portfolio. Yes. And I was also apply to work for Victoria's Secret at one point or something. Yeah, I actually went there for a internship. I believe it was my junior year. They flew me up to Ohio, completely paid for, paid for the hotel, went through a super intense day of, you know, interviews and training and got gift baskets and all this stuff. And they paid for all of our food and it was amazing. And I thought for sure I had crushed it and then, you know, heard that they wanted to go another route. And I think that was the first time that I had really experienced rejection of a job that I really wanted, Mm -hmm. which I never thought I would be someone who cared so much about, you know, work. I've never wanted to be someone who works their life away. But that one hurt. And but you know, picked up, went on, and then fast forward to after graduation, had applied to so many jobs. It felt like nobody wanted me. That's what it felt like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're 23 and it feels like you're not capable of getting the job you want. It's hard. But when I was at the gym, I was working. I also used to work out all the time. There was... Yeah, we should probably add in that you <laughs> were in weight training at one point, right? Or weight yeah, weightlifting competitions. I was, yeah, I was a competitive powerlifter for about four years. Um, have had some state titles, I'm sure. Ooh, ooh that my records have been taken by now, (laughs) but that was also a huge part of my life. Not only did I work at the gym all the time, I worked out at the gym all the time. I was there a majority of my day, probably eight hours. So through working at the gym for so long, I befriended someone who was close with the VP of IT here at a downtown Raleigh company. And they got to talking one day and this VP actually offered my friend an internship. In IT. And my friend was like, you know, not really my thing. I'm kind of going down a different path. Mm -hmm. But 
have you met my friend Jess? She works in IT at Hunt Library. This may be something she's interested in. And so from there, I started talking to the VP. And this is all at one time. We were in the gym working out. So this happened in about... Okay, run over here from this room. And I run over to that room. Yeah, this happened in about a 15-minute time span. I went from... Well, we'll get to there. So this was about a 15-minute time span. So I started talking to the VP. He was like, cool, you want an internship? And I was like, well, I'm not totally sure that I'm qualified for this. Yeah. And he was like, well, do you know how to turn on a computer? (laughs) Yeah, I sure do. Yes. Okay, cool. When can you come in for an interview? I was like, okay, tomorrow. And it went really well, and I got the job. So I went from- So it was a paid internship. Paid internship, yeah. At a pretty well-known company in downtown. So I went from panicking about my future to having a paid internship in a field that honestly, I didn't feel like I was qualified for in the span of three days. Mm -hmm. So I started, I loved it. I was good at it. And it just kind of went from there. I was at that company for three years. It obviously transformed into a full-time job. And then I went to another company about two years ago, um, a big tech company in downtown Raleigh, Pendo, for anyone that's heard of it. But I just changed positions about two months ago to the technical success team. Wow. Yeah. So it's been a journey. Definitely not. We're not in fashion anymore. No. And you know what? It kind of makes me sad. So I try to figure out how I can do my fashion on the side because Mm -hmm. I'm realizing now that that was the right major for me and it's something that I love. So I can still remember your correct me on the terminology of what it was, but that design presentation event where you had to come up with a portfolio of designs and you had to have a theme and then you had music and you had a runway show. And I can still remember trying stuff on. (laughs) And then our other friend did the makeup and we came to the show and it was this huge event. And I can remember you being so happy Mm -hmm. about fashion. I mean, you have been, like I said a little while ago, have been the go-to fashion person in this group. Y'all, there's never been a time where I don't go to the store to buy something and I either don't think, would Jess want to wear this? (laughs) Would Jess think this looked good? Do I text Jess a picture of what I'm wearing for her to tell me if I should wear it? Yes, the answer is always yes. Please (laughs) always do that. But yeah, that was my senior design showcase. And I honestly, that's been five, six years ago. That is still, I think, the happiest I've ever been. Mm -hmm. I felt on top of the world. It was to just think that you designed an entire show. You started at conception of the design, and then you have to put it down to paper, and then you have to actually physically with your hands make these things and then make these things look good on the people that you have chosen to be in the show mm-hmm. and it's so stressful I cried most nights <laughs> I don't that was the last year we lived together I spent I think every single night in the design studio mm-hmm. my hair was falling out oh I was so stressed <laughs> but I will tell you it was all worth it yeah. like going to that show and seeing all of my looks on the people that I love like these were people that I was close with friends with everybody jumped in to help me and I had never really felt so loved and supported by so many people it kind of felt like my dreams were coming true Mm -hmm. um 
And I still feel that way. So I try to find as many opportunities as I can to get back to that. I do like the job that I'm doing now. But like I said, well, earlier, you're good at it, right? You know, and yeah. just because you're good at something, though, doesn't mean that it's your dream job and doesn't mean that it's where you want to stay forever. Hell, I'm really good at sales. Do not make me do sales for the rest uh-uh. of my life. Absolutely not. No. So I like my job, but I mean, let's call it what it is. It's a job. Yeah. And I am not someone who I want my job to be my whole life. I don't. So it's a job. I love my company. I absolutely love the people I work with. Yeah. It's a hard job, but like you said, I'm good at it. It's good enough for now. But at the same time, there are so many other passions and interests that I want to explore. So hopefully one day I can make that jump from what I'm doing now back to what I really want to be doing. Yeah. And do you feel like this job that you have now, and maybe this is about the job you just switched to two months ago, or even the position you had before that, is that position allowing you to pursue passions on the side? And is that sort of why this feels okay for the time being? Or how is that working out for you? So uh, just being candidly, the position that I just took is more money, which honestly allows me to do what I want more. I can buy more. I can thrift more. I can afford to do things that I wasn't previously able to do. The job title that I had previously, that had ample time for me to do whatever I wanted. So it's kind of a little bit of a give and take, but I'm figuring it out. I make time for what's important. And lately, you know, transitioning to a new job, it's hard. I'm not going to lie. Well, during COVID, right, all of our listeners can attest to that, that if you, you know, lost a job, if you had to change jobs, if your job has been turned upside down, there is a lot going into changing jobs during a pandemic. Yeah. And it's, I think there's something to talk about too. My home office is also my studio and my sewing room. So, you know, on days that I've had a really tough day at work, I cannot bring myself to sit down and sew clothes or do whatever. where you just sat for eight hours that day. And it makes it really hard to separate the two, even though I know they're both really different. It makes it really hard. So I'm not going to lie. The last couple months, it's been hard to work on those passion projects, which sucks, you know? I'm doing what I didn't want to do. I'm spending so much time and energy on my job, but it is necessary. And I have no doubt in my mind that, you know, down the road, I will be doing what I really want to do. It's just going to be a slower process. And it's okay. It's also a stress relief for me sometimes. I love to thrift. I can go to a thrift store and I'll spend hours. I'll be like, don't text me. Don't call me. I'll hit you up when I leave. And people are like, can I come with you? I'm like, no. No, that's your time. (laughs) Yeah, that's my me time. That's how I decompress. That's what I love to do. I will seriously sit there and I will flip through every single thing in the rack. I can spend hours at one thrift store. That's amazing. And it's just something I've always had an eye for. Um, It's also something loving fashion I kind of struggle with because when I was in school, my concentration that I wanted to focus on was ready to wear, which for anyone who knows anything about the ready to wear industry, it's awful for the environment. It is awful. These garments are made literally to be worn tops seven times. And then that's how they make them. 
They make them at the quality that you wear them seven times and they're going to fall apart. And not to mention the working environments a lot of these companies use are trash. Trash. And they treat the people like shit. Yeah. And so fast fashion. That's yeah. the buzzword now. Mm-hmm. Fast fashion. Fast fashion. And I'm not going to lie. I love parts of me still love fast fashion. But I cannot. There's a lot of psychology behind pull. fast fashion, right? I uh-huh. mean, that's why it is what it is. And we could sit here and name many of the companies that I bet a majority of the people who listen to this podcast, you know, the, all seven of them, all <laughs> shop at these stores, right? Old Navy. Yeah. We could keep going. There are stores that we have all love and known mm-hmm. and wear clothes from. And unfortunately, we're just now figuring out or opening our eyes to the reality of what that means. Yeah, it's so bad. So I that's been a huge struggle for me lately yeah. is kind of towing that line between, okay, this is the latest. Look, this is dope. I want this. I need those shoes. I need that top. And then kind of taking a step back and being like, ooh, who is this affecting? That is not me. And the answer is everybody. Like it is affecting everybody, not just the people who make it, but also the environment. And so that's kind of why the last, honestly, four years, I've tried to thrift mm-hmm. more than I buy things online. And I'm not perfect. No one is. It's especially when you love clothes as much as I do. I think I have a yeah. hundred pairs of shoes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know what? We're going to have to ask and circle back of how you even got into this love of fashion. Ooh. But a hundred shoes. I don't even have a place to put a hundred shoes in this house. I'm sure I could figure it out. I live in a three bedroom house. Every single closet is filled with my clothes and shoes. It is low-key embarrassing. She's not lying, y'all. I'm not lying. She had a bedroom at her previous house that was a closet. The bedroom was a closet. (laughs) Yeah, that where I lived before, it was a four-bedroom. Three bedrooms were really small. One of my roommates decided to move out, and I was like, cool, can I have your room and make it a closet? And that is exactly what I did. Oh, my gosh. It's insane. I probably shouldn't admit that, but anyone who knows me knows it's true. (laughs) This is a safe place. We allow you to share about yourself. (laughs) Please don't judge me. Right. But, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's hard, I can imagine, to get to that place where something you've loved or a passion you've had and then you realize the downfall of that passion or the negative consequences of that passion and for yours the environment is tremendously impacted by the fashion industry yeah and I think something that people also don't realize is the couture designers I mean I'm not going to name any but whenever they do a runway show there have been a couple of them who have burnt their entire collection because they do not want them getting out and I mean that's just awful like I can probably think of a million other things to do with that line that would have been so much better Mm -hmm. but I will say when it first came out you know just how bad fast fashion and ready to wear really is I felt really guilty I felt awful that I had spent the last five years of my education on an industry that is shit for the environment. And mm-hmm. I shouldn't say shit. You know, there are people out there who are doing great things. There are sustainable brands. There are people who are actually, you know, now trying to reverse all of the things that the fashion industry has done. And I don't want to discount that at all. But I'm realizing I want to be more on that side now. And so something I've kind of been playing with, working with the last couple months is about potentially starting a business where I go thrift things and revamp them and sell them because 
if you've ever been to a thrift store, it's kind of insane how many clothes mm-hmm. there are. And what's even more insane is they probably got so many more donated that they're not putting out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So y'all think thrift stores don't have standards for what they put on the shelves, Ooh. but they do. Oh, big time they do. And I think Goodwill, don't quote me on this because I don't know. I think a lot of the clothes that they get donated, they actually ship to other countries. So there's a pretty good chance that any clothing you donate may not even be in this country anymore. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's near the, neither here nor there. But that sounds really heavy to realize that, you know, and we haven't even necessarily gotten into what you thought about when I asked you to be on the podcast. <laughs> but what a great sentiment of what you just talked about, Jess, of saying, you know, and this is something I've known about Jess for some time from my perspective, but I wanted to give her the opportunity to share that something some, sometimes something you love doing has to take a turn and you have to change that because you realize that oh I love fashion and it's something I want to do and it's my passion and yet it's really damaging mm-hmm. so how do I do this in a way that feels good with my morals and my values and still dress up and look nice and show my identity through my fashion choices yeah and i will say it's taken me a long time to get there there've been times in the past, I am a very big impulse buyer. I also love to spend money, so not a great combination. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. And there would be times where I would spend three, $400 in one sitting just on clothes and shoes because mm-hmm. I was just like, I have to have it. That's not true. I have three bedrooms full of stuff. I don't need I, that shirt. I could honestly probably not buy clothes for the rest of my life and be okay I'm not joking but that's something that I really struggled with the road to you know having that type of behavior where I spend so much money and time on fashion because it's what I love and then realizing maybe this isn't the best thing and there was a year or so I didn't do anything fashion related because I felt just so down Mm -hmm. about I mean, it was very complex. I felt down about not being in the industry. I kind of felt like I had let myself down, my friends down, my family down by not getting a job and what I majored in. I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. But then also still wanting to support this industry that I know doesn't really care about people or how they're affecting people. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't do anything for about a year. And then... I went, I think, to a thrift store to find a couch because I was broke. (laughs) And I was like, cool, let me go get a couch from Salvation Army. And when I was there, I started browsing through everything. I was like, okay, this is cool. I can work with this. Let me get that. And I took it all home and I was like, this doesn't fit right or whatever. I have no qualms at all about cutting anything. I cut pants. I cut shirts. Honestly, most of my shirts are probably cropped. Y'all, I've seen her buy <laughs> buy something at the store, immediately go home and take scissors to it. Immediately. <laughs> you know how long it takes me to debate if I'm going to cut something? I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to lay it out. I'm going to look. Okay, are you sure? Like, put it on. Oh, oh, my God. Where do I cut it? What do I do? She's like, nope, snip, snip. Nope, that's an impulse thing I was talking about. Don't. <laughs> there was one time I was at a store in Wrightsville Beach, and I was cold, so I went to buy a sweatshirt. And I was like, oh, I don't like this. Let me cut it. 
at the cash register. Right, you asked for a pair of scissors. You asked her, you're like, do you have scissors? She's like, why? I paid for it and then was like, can I have some scissors? She was like, yeah, let me just cut the tag off. I was like, no, can I just borrow them for a second? And right there in front of her, I just cut the entire bottom of the sweatshirt off and put it on. And we're good to go. Like, I cannot think about what she was thinking. She was probably like, this crazy? She's like, what? Uh, okay, bye. <laughs> Thanks for stopping in. But I think I've always been someone to do that. And I didn't realize at the time how cool people thought it was. They're like, oh, my God, where'd you get that crop shirt? I'm like, I crop stuff is in. Cut it. Like, I don't know. What do you mean? I cut it. They're like, wait, what do you mean you cut it? I was like, do I need to say it again? They're like, oh, can you cut my shirts? I was like, you can cut your shirts. But yeah, they're like, oh, we want you to do it. It, You would be amazed at the amount of people be like, can you cut my shirt? Can you do this? I've been one of those people. I have handed you shirts that I've cut and said, can you please sew a line (laughs) so that it doesn't roll up on me from now on? Thank you. Yeah. So whenever I would just crop stuff and people be like, oh, that's so cool. I think that's when I started to realize Oh, not everybody does this. That's something that I just thought, you know, everybody could and wanted to do and thought about doing, but not everybody has the eye for that stuff. You, you know, that being friends with a lot of us in our friend group, we turn to you for fashion advice on things that probably come way easier to you. Yeah. And I think it took me a while to realize that because I did think it just came to everyone. You know, they have the eye for that, but I am realizing now and starting to embrace that. That that's not true. And I think also probably being a woman, I was always taught, you know, made to believe that I shouldn't brag about things that I'm good at or admit to being able to do things better than somebody else. But I'm finally like stepping into that. Yeah, that's I do have an eye for it, which is Mm -hmm. why I chose to major in it, which is why I still do it. And so that's why I want to start a business. I want to start a revamping thrift business. I I want to go buy up all these clothes that nobody wants anymore and I want to dye them I want to cut them I want to bleach them I you know want to do whatever I want to alter them I want to I don't know anything you can do anything you can do I want to do it anything that hasn't been done before I want to figure it out I want to do it because not only is that helping me with my passion it's also creating this environment for people where it's like hey you know what thrifting is okay. It, thrifting doesn't mean, ooh, you have to go get that old, nasty, stanky shirt. <laughs> and like, that's not what it is. Like, it can be made new. It can be your own. It can be cool. It can be in. It can be fashionable. It doesn't have to be. Thrifting can be cool. Thrifting can be the new fashion. And that's like what I think I really want people to realize is I love when someone's like, where'd you get that? I'm like, oh, I actually got it at a thrift store. Yeah. Oh, where'd you get that? I got that at Salvation Army. Oh, where'd you get that? I bought that online from somebody who didn't want it anymore. There are so many avenues and ways that you can thrift. It's not just going to your local Goodwill. There's so many ways to do it. I've done clothing swaps with multiple friends. And they probably don't know, but I cut their stuff. There was one. We did a clothing swap probably about a year ago. And I had this sweater that someone didn't want anymore that an ex-partner had given them <laughs> I was like, like here please take this I yeah like. and I was like cool I'll take it and then of course what I do I cut it and I saw her a couple days later she's like is that my sweater I was like nope it's mine <laughs> like, nope thank you it's mine it now. was it's mine now 
And so I just want to show people that there's this whole world that I don't even think we've we're even close to unlocking. Yeah. That is good for the environment, good for people, can be good for your soul, and can still be what you want. You don't have to alter yourself to like these things. You can alter these things to fit yourself. And that's what I really want people to realize. Yeah. So how do you feel about Macklemore's thrift shop song what do you mean it's great it's amazing when did that come out god 2008 no no okay like at least in the teens at least right yes i feel like that was probably a big hit song that led people to think they could go shop at thrift stores again right that was a big deal and made such an impact in ways that it wasn't just a top 100 chart song it was to get people interested in shopping at thrift stores unintentionally maybe but it worked yeah i What's funny about that is he looked so fly. Like, he really did. What the <laughs> fur coats? Yes. Everything like that. I I think he may be who inspired me to go out and buy fur coats. I have so many fur coats, and all my friends are like, oh, my God, where'd you get that fur coat? And I'm like, I got it at a thrift store. Go buy your own. You are they get faux one. fur coats or real fur coats? Uh, honestly, you know what? Probably some are real, but, I mean, it's already made. That's very true. It's already made. Like, I would never buy... A real one, you know, because I think that's wrong. And also, they're so expensive. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I actually don't know. That's a good question. I'm going to go check when I get home. Like, are you real? But think- anyway, Malcolm Moore definitely yeah. in his fur ass, fur ass coat? His big his fur, fur ass coat. His big fur coat <laughs> looks pretty fly. You know, you said something that I feel like is a good segue into you know, something that you've always preached, maybe isn't the right word, but spoken about in our friend group and to me even about wanting to empower other women or people who identify as women, maybe even beyond that. You were saying that, you know, we don't have to change ourselves to fit in to, let's say it's the world of fashion, right? Because fashion can be someone's, can be part of someone's identity. How do you feel that has changed over time for you, whether it was from before college, into college, and now, how do you feel about that idea of wanting to empower, we'll go with people who identify as women when it comes to fashion? I think that we have done a lot of good work. I don't think we're anywhere near where we need to be. I think we can all see how the fashion world has kind of shifted with the whole body positivity movement. I can remember when I was in elementary school, you know, looking on TV and it's the same for everyone, you know, skinny, fit, mostly, honestly, blonde, mm-hmm. big boob. Mm-hmm. And we all remember Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. Yeah. And like, that was who you wanted to aspire to be. And me, that is just not me at all. I am tall. I wouldn't say I'm skinny. I'm pretty thick. I have brown hair. I've always been this way. And you may not even know this. When I was in third grade, they gave out superlatives and I got fashion queen, which is so hilarious to me. All I wore were like, you know, you can wear sweatsuits. I would you wear wore a sweatsuit. <laughs> Shut up. Like it was sweatsuit, but shorts. Oh, my I must God. have been ahead <laughs> of the curve. Either that or they felt bad for me. But when I got this, like, they, she thinks she's cool. Yeah. Confidence is all where it's at. Mm-hmm. Y'all going to learn that. Um. But I just remember getting this award and then 
being overcome with joy, but at the same time being like, I can't be a fashion queen. I don't look like these people. Mm-hmm. And what's sad is that that didn't change up until probably recently. And you know what? Sometimes I still feel that way because the fashion world, if you want to be in and trendy, you have to be size 12 and below. Which is just insane. It, what have all the studies told us about the average female body size after you reach 25? That's not what it looks like. No, at all. And honestly, even in high school, like I was not big, but I was size eight. But all the girls that I were friends with were much smaller. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, there's something wrong with me mm-hmm. because I'm not size double zero. And, you know, we talk about that. We'd go, to have a sleepover and like want to trade clothes and all this stuff. Sisterhood of the traveling pants. Yeah, I could never do that. I could never do that. And I think that just perpetuated this idea that I could never really fit in in the fashion industry, which maybe subconsciously that's a reason I really wanted to go into it because I've always been someone who loves it but always felt like I didn't belong. And I feel like we've done so much good stuff lately you know, for plus size models or just being yourself or Aerie does a great campaign where they don't Photoshop and it's just showing up as you are. And I think that is such an important lesson to teach people is that you can just show up as you are. But what's also sad is Aerie's like one of the only ones I can even think of that's doing that, Mm -hmm. which means there are so many others that are not doing that. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. Some people may not like it. A lot of the plus size lines at some of these companies, they're ugly. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I bet everyone can sit here and agree. We've all walked through the plus size section, even if we weren't buying something from there. But the clothes do not look the same as the other sections of the store. And something that I've realized about, you know, walking through plus size, having to buy plus size myself sometimes, what... I realized and kind of struck me as like, oh, this is not okay. They are not nearly as scandalous or skin showy or anything than the non-plus size, Mm -hmm. which to me that's saying, oh, if you're plus size and you're shopping in the plus size section, not only do you not want to be showing skin and showing your body, we don't want you to. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. And that is something that I really 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 try to peach to people is wear whatever you want do you know how many times I walked out of the house and my butt cheeks were showing because my shorts were too short mom I hope you're not listening to this like love you love you just kidding it's not true it is true all the time butt cheeks out why I like my butt cheeks and I don't care what anybody else has to say and people would be like I think a compliment that people try to give that maybe isn't always perceived as a compliment to someone who is plus size or maybe not in the zero to six range is oh you're so confident like how are you so confident and it's like why am I not supposed to be confident that's exactly what you're it is. not you wouldn't yeah. be saying that to you know a skinny girl why 
why are you saying that to me? Should I not be confident? Is it weird that I'm confident? Is it weird that I like my body? And you know what? Unfortunately, to a lot of people, the answer is yes. Yeah, it's a threat. Yeah. Right. I've had to stay in this box. Uh, The book Burnout by Amelia and Emily Nagowski actually talks about this, this idea that there has been a system established to shame women and to Mm -hmm. pit women against each other, Mm -hmm. right? That if you don't fit the mold that society has told people who identify as women or people who are raised as women that they need to fit into, you need to diet, exercise, look Mm -hmm. this way, dye your hair, stay clean, X, Y, or Z. Who knows what I'm missing? If you dare to step out of that, how dare you? Exactly. How dare you be okay in your body? How dare you not want to change what I perceive to be wrong with you? And it happens more than I think anybody realizes or maybe wants to see. And unfortunately, like I've even seen women do it. And that's really hard. It's probably majority women I was unintentionally that, yeah. because, again, we are conditioned to do this very thing where we look at another woman and say, why does she get to be confident? Mm-hmm. I'm over here working my ass off literally and figuratively to fit a mold that society told me I had to fit into. So how dare you stop doing that? Mm-hmm. How dare you step outside of what society has told you you have to be and be okay with that? And I think that is still upheld by the fashion industry with their plus signs. And like, I mean, at Victoria's Secret, you cannot find any sexy, cute, bras that are in bigger sizes why do you think like girls who have like bigger boobs and are bigger don't want to feel sexy they do want to feel sexy and it's just like we're allowed to feel sexy in our bodies as we are Mm -hmm. which is why I am such a big proponent of people wearing whatever they want to wear plus size or not like if you want to wear a crop shirt go ahead and wear it if you want to wear a bra as a shirt go ahead and wear it who cares and what's sad especially because that dude next to you gets to take their shirt off in public oh don't even get me started <laughs> we'll save that for another day we'll save that for another free the nipple i don't care who you are yeah don't get me started on that but <laughs> i will say as confident as i am my feelings have been hurt before because i'm wearing something that makes me feel good and another woman has said something like oh why are you wearing that and it's like why don't you want me to be happy? Why are you not empowering me? Like, I want to empower you. I want you to feel like you can do this. Why are you trying to tear me down? Mm-hmm. I remember it was New Year's, a couple, probably like 2019. And I was wearing this like leather, it was a leather tie top. And it was a, I guess it looked like a bra. I don't know. I don't wear bras. Anyone who knows me knows that I don't wear bras. So whatever. But I remember I heard some girls over talking when I walked in. And they're like, why is she wearing a bra as a shirt? And like, I looked really nice. I had a blazer on. I had these two-tone red and black leather pants and a leather top. And it's just like, why do you have to be mean? Number one, why do you have to be mean? Why do you care? Mm -hmm. And you should take that negative energy and focus it back on yourself and try turning it into positive energy. Because I almost feel like this empowering women movement, women powering and women movement sometimes is fake. Because how... How many women out there don't want to empower other women? They want to act like they do, but they don't because they're not happy. And that's the problem is society has made them feel like they can't be happy. And so when they see other women doing it, they don't want to empower them. Mm-mm. They want them to you're kind a threat. of. Yeah, you're a threat. They want you to be knocked down on the same level. And that's not what it's all about. We need to 
love each other, empower each other. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't. Just because you are 200 pounds, you think you can't wear a mini skirt or have your butt cheeks out or wear a crop top. That's not true. You can do it when you're plus sized. You can do it when you're petite. You can do it if you're a man. Like, I know we're talking about women. Yeah, y'all gotta follow that guy on Instagram that wears skirts and high heels to work. Yeah. It's amazing. I love it. I, this whole gender thing in fashion, it needs to go. It needs to go. I don't think, like, what, men's women, uh, men's section, women's section, they shouldn't exist. Do you know how much I shop in the men's section? Why is it called that? How about I just find something I want to wear and I can buy it? How about a guy, if he wants to wear a mini skirt or high heels or short jean shorts, jean shorts, a crop top, a whatever, why can't they just go find that? Like, I am so over this. Oh, well, ooh, why is that guy wearing a crop top or why? And you don't even have to identify as gay, straight, whatever. If you're a straight male and you want to freaking wear a skirt, do it. And yeah, what's it's sad, just a piece of clothing, right? It's yeah. a way to demonstrate fashion. It's in a this way world. to express yourself. Exactly. It does not define you. It doesn't label you. It doesn't do anything. And I think that's something that as an entire society we need to work on. I think that we have come a good ways, but I think we have so much further to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I, I love that. And I know that this is something that we talk about often, but I love that you have been able to share that today because I think that it there's got to be, I hope there's one of you out there that can relate to this concept of, unfortunately, we are conditioned. If you are raised as a female in this society and are a part of that belief that we need to tear other women down so that we all stay compl- complicit, that's the word I want to use you know, compliant to the way society thinks we should be, then you're a part of this and you've experienced this. What's sad is I think there are people out there, I don't know if it's a majority or minority, who don't even know how influenced they are by society, who don't even realize their biases and things that they feel. And it's just so deeply ingrained. And that's what we need to wake up from. Yeah. Like, I haven't always felt this way I haven't always you know realized that women can do and wear and be whatever they want I even was like oh no women have the same rights as men and you know what I woke the fuck up and (laughs) I think there are people out there who you know they don't mean any ill will or anything they just haven't woken up yet and well, in their world, right, it may not seem that yeah. way to them. And then when they step out of that realm and they're able to see, oh, my friend did get turned down from this and they had the same qualifications yeah. as that person, but they were gendered or mm-hmm. were, you know, it was a male versus female situation. Yeah, it's real. And I also think it's scary to kind of step out from having society hide you in your beliefs. It's scary when you realize like, oh, this world that I have loved and have been living in for the last how many ever years, it's not all it's cracked up to be. That's scary. And Mm -hmm. I think also we need to, if we ever encounter someone who does have those feelings, you know, that we don't agree with, I think grace is really important. And to just know that they feel this way because of the experiences that they've been through 
And even though you're on the opposite side of that, hopefully, if anything, you can just teach them or show them, you know, why you feel this way and Mm -hmm. share a different perspective. Right. Absolutely. Talk to us if you'd be comfortable about a time maybe within this women empowerment or body positivity or wanting to love yourself and empower your own self through fashion where you've been better. I mean, I love this question, but I mean, right now, like this past year has been very, very, very hard for me. And I know it has other people too, you know, there's pandemic, there's COVID, we're losing people. Just the state of the world has been really, really honestly depressing and stressful. So yeah, I don't think you have to say that twice. yeah. Yeah. But for me personally, I have had a very hard year. The death of a good friend, the loss of a very important relationship, having to struggle with who I am and if I like the person that I am Mm -hmm. and coming to terms with who I actually want to be and who I am. And I think what's been the hardest for me is sometimes I feel like a fraud because I'm out here preaching body positivity and love yourself and, you know, this and that, which I do believe that to my core, but I have not been kind to myself this year. I have the amount of times that I've looked in the mirror and been like, what are you doing? Like, just, I've had a lot of negative self-talk and real, it's been a really hard year. I have not liked myself a lot this year, which has been very hard for me because I've always loved myself. Mm -hmm. I've always loved who I am, what I stand for. And this year has just been, it's been really tough. I've had to really take a step back and look at who I am, who I've become, if I like this person, if I don't like this person, if I like the people I'm surrounded with, Mm -hmm. if, you know, I'm spending my time with people who have my best interest. And it's really hard. It's hard when you come to terms with the fact that you don't have everything figured out. And All this shit that you're telling everyone else to do, you can't even fucking do yourself. And that's really, really hard. I think that's part of being woke, right? Oh. That that fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. The, yeah, yeah, everything's great. Everything's fine. I really like myself. And then when you actually do an internal audit of yourself, you, you just admitted that you woke up some mornings and didn't like who you were when you looked in the mirror and... That's a really big deal to be able to say. And, you know, I, you know, doing the work that I do can can feel that off of you. Right. You know, I'm sitting over here getting teary eyed at imagining you being horrible to yourself. Yeah. And it's. I think for people who. Aren't as familiar with that or maybe don't go through that, they're just like, oh, just be nice to yourself. And. You know, easier said than done, it's really hard especially and I think before the pandemic I'm realizing that I was someone who was very avoidant to my feelings and my problems which is so funny because I am such a sensitive person and I will tell you in a heartbeat if you've done something to upset me or hurt me but just 
being forced to be alone and in my own presence this past year, I have uncovered a lot. You've had to hold yourself accountable. Oh my God. And actually take a good look at myself. And it's been really hard. You know, I woke up sometimes being like, why can't I just not realize how I'm feeling about myself? Or why can't I just be how I was before the pandemic, you know? Because you're a human. Yeah. Right. You get impacted by all of these things that, yeah, maybe someone in our lives or our families didn't die of COVID. That doesn't mean COVID didn't impact you over the last year or that you have to hold it together and be perfect because the worst thing didn't happen to you. Sounds like you woke up and realized that it has been impacting you and now you have to deal with it. And it's not that easy, right? If it was that easy, I wouldn't have a job. A bunch of people wouldn't have jobs. Therapy would not exist. (laughs) That is very true. If you don't have a therapist, go get one. <laughs> yeah, plug number one. <laughs> yes. But, I mean, yeah. I think when I finally come out on the other side of it, I'm going to be better for it, obviously. I'm going to face shit that I have been putting off my entire life, which, you know, is going to make it even harder, I think. Yes. But I'm going to be a better person for it. I go through days I'm like, God, you know, today really sucks. Really sucks. but. The one thing that I've kind of learned to do and learned from you and, you know, people who are good at this is sit with it. Sit with it. You have to go through it. You can't ignore it, which before I think my entire life, anything hard or uncomfortable or I didn't like, I just tuned it out. Tuned out. Oh, not happening. It'll be better tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Like. Where do you think you learned how to do that? Or where from did you pick up that habit? Um, probably family and society, you know, my family, especially they, my parents had a pretty rough life, but they were like, oh, you just have to move through it. You just have to move through it. Keep going. Be strong. Don't let anything get you down, which like, yeah, that is great. Be strong. But I think that also kind of teaches you not to what's well, invalidating with it's invalidating oh absolutely right. it's just like kind of discounting what you're going through and what you're feeling just oh get over it and then you can't really get over something if you haven't dealt with it and absolutely so what I feel like for me it's been I am unpacking an entire lifetime of things that I just got over and you never really get over it until you do. We got to make some room in your closets oh. and in your, in your rooms, yeah. in your house. <laughs> oh, I've been, don't worry. I've been going through that. Yeah. I have, if you want anything, let me know. All right. We need some, anyone needs some clothes. We'll yeah. line it up. Share with us. You had mentioned that that's what you'd started doing, right? As you, mm-hmm. so you are beginning to unpack Talk to us about what that looks like. What are you doing to start taking care of yourself? Because you said, you know, I I typically would have asked, how are you doing today? Well, you answered me when I said, talk about when you've been better. You're like, well, actually, it's right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so feel free to add to that if you'd like. But I'd also love to hear what are you doing right now to take care of yourself and as you begin to unpack. I feel like I'm finally learning what it means to take care of yourself. Because, like, as I mentioned before, I am still am an avoidant person, but now I know how to handle it a little better. I would stay 
out till all hours of the night. <laughs> like just home. a mimosa, please. Thank you. Yeah, one mimosa. Oh, just kidding. It's turned into six. Cool. Let me go home when I have to be up for work in six hours and then roll out of bed and not have any time for myself. And because then you didn't have to think about yourself. No. Right. You did. You could think about nothing except one foot in front of the other. Okay. Okay. Do this, do this, do this, do this. So in a way, I can imagine it quieted the voices in your head a little bit. Oh my God. It kind of made me because I don't think we mentioned this earlier, but I have always for as long as I have graduated and had a full-time job, I've always had another job. I worked at, you know, the Carolina theater selling for plays I worked at brewery Bavana for two and a half years and you know if you have been following the news at all that's also something I kind of had to deal with this past year that's been really hard but I feel like I've always been like overpacking my days in my life and I rush from one thing to the other do this do that do that that. so I have no time to think about anything that may be uncomfortable so like you said pandemic and COVID has forced me to be alone which all of those distractions yeah gone and then not just forced to be alone but I also bought a house in June and this is congratulations thank you thank you it is the first time I have ever lived alone so living alone for the first time in a pandemic Going through all the shit that everybody's going through, I have been forced to be alone. And it's been hard. But on the other side of that, I like it now. I love my me time. I love being alone. I love not having to go out and do everything. Girl, me too. I'm going to have a hard time. I'm, I'm trying away shying away from this idea that we're going to go back to normal quote unquote I hope we don't I didn't like normal before the more that I thought about it and we've had a couple guests previously mention that Mm -hmm. of maybe I was an extrovert maybe I really wasn't and I was forcing myself to be that is exactly how I feel I'm always like oh I'm outgoing I'm an extrovert but now I'm like maybe that was just the FOMO speaking (laughs) and I just am not an extrovert I just didn't want people to be doing anything without me Well, and you didn't want to be alone. You didn't want to have to think. You just admitted that you'd been avoiding thinking about anything that made you uncomfortable Mm -hmm. for most of your life that you can remember. You have active memories from. So now the pandemic said, hey, slow down. Mm -hmm. And the pandemic is awful. I don't ever want to sit here and pretend like we don't recognize the loss and the hardships that have come from that. And it has forced people to do really hard work that we've been putting off. And I hope we change a lot of things. We're going to have to. I don't. Normal is not sustainable. We do not need to go back to normal. And I feel like if this year has taught us anything, it is that. It is that things were not working and there needs to be changes. Yeah. And I say that, you know, as a worldview, a society view, but also as a personal view. Um, I now that I've been forced to stay alone and I like it, I'm taking care of myself and listening to myself. not oh, what does Jess want? What does Jess need? What do I need? Because sometimes I think it gets twisted. What you want is not always what you need. (laughs) I may want Taco Bell. Do I need it? Uh, No. no. I probably need (laughs) to eat fruit. Yeah. And some vegetables. Yeah. And that's what my body is really wanting. But I tend to relate being hungry to quick and easy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's kind of what we're taught. 
And that's also, I, in the past, I was very much, oh, treat yourself. Anything I wanted, you <laughs> That was best, your life motto. Oh, my God. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Even if you don't deserve it, treat yourself. You best believe anything I want, I bought it. And like I said earlier, that mix with impulsivity is not a good match. So now I'm just trying to actually sit with myself and listen to me, what my body needs, what my soul needs. That's amazing. What my mind needs. And what's crazy is I could not do that in the beginning. But now, because I'm actually kind of relearning who I am, I am able to recognize those things. So just some of the things that I'm doing, my morning routine, I can't, I cannot believe that I ever just rolled out of bed, went straight to work. And I'm like, yep. what was wrong? I, what I've been doing now is I make sure I go to bed at a reasonable time because I wouldn't, you couldn't catch me in bed before midnight. And that's just not how I can function. So I've been getting in bed at a reasonable time. I wake up, I do about 10 minutes of yoga and then I meditate and then I journal and then I grab my crystals and I do whatever motivations that are calling to me that day. And then I get up and start my day. And just having that time with yourself before you go into the world is so, so special. And I feel like it just starts my day off right because it's reminding me that I am important. I'm important and I deserve good things and I deserve to love myself for who I am and I don't think I ever could have realized that if it wasn't for the last year yeah yeah being forced to right Mm -hmm. someone held a mirror up and held Mm -hmm. you accountable and it was really hard to look at yourself oh yeah now you do it every day Mm -hmm. every day I'm building myself back up and starting to actually live the things that I preach to other people which is a really really good feeling I love that. I love that. And I would absolutely attest, you know, I can see that from you and I've seen the growth in you over the last year and I've seen the hardships and been a part of them myself and know how difficult it's been. And yet you found what works for you. And for now, what is working for you, right? And I think that that's incredible. Always growing. Yeah. Yeah. What's been your go-to mantra slash crystal routine in the morning? (laughs) So... (laughs) Okay, you guys, don't judge me. I'm not a hippie. I swear. I believe in it. Be a hippie. We don't care. So my routine is I I just put an altar in my bedroom. It's not like it's not a creepy altar. It's I just have all my metaphysical things. Creepy altar. (laughs) (laughs) I have all my stones. I have my tarot cards. I have my sage, my candles, and then a couple things that are special to me. Um, I wake up in the morning. I choose whichever chakra candle that I want to focus on that day. So if you know anything about chakras, you have your um, third eye, the root, the sacral, your heart. There's different chakras that align with certain parts of your body and whatever I feel like I need to work on that day or, you know, whatever. I choose that candle. I choose whatever stone calls out to me. I have a ton. Um, What I have taught to really listen to myself whenever my intuition is kind of like oh you need this stone today I don't question it because normally that is the properties that I need for the day Mm -hmm. so I will light my candles I will choose my stones I'll set them down in front of my yoga mat 
and I will have kind of moment silence and I'll do my yoga and then I'll sit and I will always do selenite. If you don't know selenite, it has cleansing properties. It cleanses you. It also protects and it cleanses other stones. And I kind of just, you know, wave that over myself for the day. And it's amazing. I have not felt so peaceful Mm -hmm. in a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And for anyone who's out there and has maybe heard us talk about crystals before or is hearing this now and is like, oh, that's a bunch of Mm woo-woo, is what I like to call it. If nothing else, it calls you to be mindful and to start listening to yourself. Mm -hmm. It's a good place to start. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, even if it doesn't work, which I'm a believer it does because it is energy. It comes from the earth. Energy is a real thing. Um, My perspective on it. But it makes me feel better. It allows me. Oh, it allows me to harness whatever feelings I am then. So works for me. One thing I was thinking about as we have continued to record and do these episodes is I wanted to maybe add in something where what is one piece of advice, one line that you've ever heard somebody say or something that has stuck with you that you continue to live by today? So one that I say to myself every morning, which I think kind of rings true for anyone, is I am capable, I am in control, and I trust myself. And it just kind of reminds you that you know best. You know best about yourself and you can trust yourself. I love that. I love that, right? So positive self-affirmations or simply self-affirmations, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it really is true for me that whenever you start saying those positive things out loud, it really does manifest and you start to believe them and feel them and... I don't think I can say enough for it. That's awesome. Jess, thank you for letting us record a conversation (laughs) and sharing more about yourself. You know, you had mentioned a little while ago in the episode that you are starting a business. So Mm -hmm. I'd love for you to go ahead and plug that now if you'd like to share a little bit about it. Yeah, absolutely. So it is the thrifting business that I was talking about. It is going to be called Bitchcraft Designs and it is B-I-T-X. H craft. Um, and it's just gonna be me thoughtfully picking out articles of clothing, what I want to do the what I want to do with them, what I think is going to look best, cropping, dyeing, whatever. And then my own spin that I want to put on it. I am also a big believer in saging and getting negative energy, negative vibes off of things because I do believe whenever something comes from a previous owner household those vibes and energy is attached to it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sage each piece of clothing before I send it out and just send it off with good intentions for its new owner. I love that. It's very exciting. Where can people find it? When do you plan to launch? So I have an Instagram. It is not live yet. It is bitchcraft designs with a period in between bitchcraft and designs. And then I'm planning on launching mid-May getting everything ready. But in the meantime, you can find me on my Instagram, which is Jurassic Parker, two R's at the end of Parker. And I also have a website that is linked in my bio. 
Great. Yes. And we will make sure that we put all of these links to Instagram and we'll update it when the business does go live. We'll update that in the show notes as well. So people can find you and look at all your amazing (laughs) fashion inspiration that you have to share with all of us. Just thank you so much. I love you. You are such a big part of my life in so many different ways. And I'm just so grateful for you and the inspiration you've had and allowing me to open this space to you today has been really awesome. Of course. I just, I'm so proud of you. When you told me that you were starting a podcast, I was like, of course you are. Like, (laughs) hell yeah. You, I think, have so much to do with the person that I am today. And I just love you so much. You're going to make us cry I know, at the end I know, of this episode. <laughs> but it's true. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I'm excited for both of these journeys to come. It makes When you just said how you felt that this was, of course, you were doing that. And we've had a couple of <laughs> friends say that. It makes me think of Rafiki and Lion King where he says, it is time. Yes. I think that's a great note to end on. It is time. <laughs> well, thank you, Jess. Yeah. Love you. Love you. Thanks for listening to I've Been Better. I'm your host, Susan Youngstead. Please be sure to leave a review and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts and follow us on social media at I've been better dot pod.